James Corbett of CorbettReport.com with your Sunday update for this first day of May, 2011. And now for the real news. In the latest confirmation that the most nightmarish visions of science fiction dystopia are now part of our mundane daily reality, the UK government openly engaged in a crackdown on pre-crime this week in the lead-up to the holy matrimony of the inbred, eugenics-obsessed Saxe-Coburg-Gothas. As part of this pre-crime raid, 100 people who had been singled out by police for potentially threatening to cause a disturbance during the royal wedding ceremony were charged, arrested, and incarcerated for the duration of the nuptials. Absurdist filmmaker and avant-garde street activist Charlie Veach of the UK-based Love Police was one of the pre-criminals who was arrested for a crime he had not yet committed. Okay, um, Mr. Veach, I'm arresting you as there are reasonable grounds to suspect that you've conspired with others to cause public nuisance in relation to the royal wedding. Ah, oh, this is on just the an anarchist. Of April 2011. Yeah. Um, you're also under arrest um, on suspicion of aggravated trespass at Fortin, Fortman and Mason in Piccadilly, London, which occurred on Saturday, the 26th of March 2011, where you've been identified by witnesses as being present. Your arrest is um, necessary for a prompt and effective investigation of these allegations. I need you to come with me to Parkside Police Station, please. So you got to come and see this cage that I'm expected to go into. If I find anything, then it will be long to me. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In the cage, watch my fingers. Veach talked to RT this weekend about the absurdity of the situation and what it reveals about the society we are living in. You were arrested yesterday preemptively for what uh, planning crimes, thought crimes, suspicion of intent to cause a disruption. He's a regular Tom Cruise. What happened? Criminal. Well, I think they've, they've brought in those weird cyborgs from Minority Report and they actually watched one of my YouTube videos and arrested me for pre-crime for something I may or may not do in the future. But what we saw was the biggest propaganda, almost religious experience of pomp and ceremony and utter devotion to this parasite, which is the royal family. And just as we see in the big roundups in China or North Korea, any activist with a dissenting voice was rounded up and kept in the solitary cage for 24 hours. But I'm lucky to be out now. I've been charged. I've got court dates now. And my big crime is speaking my mind. Also in the UK, a trial is set to commence next week that once again demonstrates the utter moral bankruptcy and transparent fraud of the so-called British justice system. The trial concerns John Anthony Hill, the filmmaker behind the highly popular documentary 7-7 Ripple Effect, exposing the many falsities of the official government story of the July 7, 2005 London bombings. Mr. Hill has been extradited from Ireland to England and now faces possible life imprisonment for having mailed a DVD copy of his documentary to a court that was hearing a trial of three, three men alleged to be associated with the four supposed suicide bombers. Mr. Hill appeared on The Corporate Report earlier this week to discuss his remarkable case. Mm, yes, well, what, what they did was they got a um, arrest warrant from uh, Westminster Magistrates Court in London, and then they applied to the European Court for a European arrest warrant. 
and, uh, and, and got one and then it was uh, ratified by the High Court in, in Dublin and uh, then the, the Garda, which is the Irish police, uh, came early one morning, uh, well, it was on February the 10th of 2009, uh, and they arrested me, uh, took me into custody, and uh, on the, the strength of this European arrest warrant, and uh, a few days later, on the 19th um, of November of 2010, I was uh, awakened at about uh, six o'clock in the morning and told to get ready and uh, I was taken to Dublin docks and driven onto a ferry and there there were three uh, plainclothes um, SO15 anti-terrorist police on the boat with a, with a vehicle and I was handed over to them. Uh, I was locked in a holding cell on the ferry while we got across to, uh, to Holyhead which is just off the coast of Wales and um, and then when we got into Holyhead Dock um, I was driven from there to London to um, Belgravia Police Station and I was fingerprinted and all of that rigmarole. I think I've spent a total of something like 151 days now in, in custody before I managed to get bail in the UK. Not to be outdone, the American judicial system took steps to further enshrine the rights of corporations over human beings this week with a Supreme Court decision that effectively allows corporations to sidestep class action lawsuits. The case involved a $30 charge on an AT&T mobility, mobility contract for what was supposed to be a free cell phone. When an enraged California couple attempted to bring a class action suit against AT&T for their blatantly fraudulent practices, the company pointed to a contract clause that requires disputes to be settled via arbitration on a case-by-case -case basis. The Supreme Court has upheld this contract, effectively allowing all corporations to avoid having to face class action lawsuits by simply forbidding it in their contracts. As dissenting Justice Stephen Breyer noted of the relatively tiny $30 claim each of the affected parties would make in the lawsuit, what rational lawyer would have signed on to represent them in litigation? Effectively, the complainants have been shut out of the courts because individually their claims are too small, the very situation that class action lawsuits are designed to address. Now please go to CorbettReport.com to download episode 184 of the Corbett Report podcast, Lessons in Resistance, Second Republic where we talk to Adrian Selbucci of the Second Republic Project about how the people can take their governments back.